We turned off the friction switch. One thing that's going to happen is that physics teachers are going to be so happy. Oh. <laughs> Good morning, Matt. Good morning, Philip. We're glad to have you back here at the uh, in the virtual WTIF studios. 10,000 watts. It's a lovely place. Beaming from May East to May West. <laughs> <laughs> Across the T1 backbone. Or the East River. Or the, <laughs> exactly, or the East River. Through the collapsing subway tunnel of the L train. Yeah, right. So, uh, last week, last episode, the viewers and I had a show of our own, and mm. it was like, teacher's not here. <laughs> so, there were a lot of paper airplanes in the air. Figured. A lot of chalk thrown, and only one or two fights broke out. Good, no serious injuries, I hope. No injuries, only to the spirit of academia. <laughs> And, um, we asked, we, but we had to ask the, the questions. You can't keep the if down. If, if you're a person who has a lot of if in you, mm -hmm. you can't keep it down sometimes. The, the ifs are unstoppable. The ifs, you can't stop the if. <laughs> who let the if out? <laughs> it's terrible. We could go on all day. But, we, we, uh, a question was raised to the class, and, and, and that was, what if there were no friction in the world? Hmm. Because we were thinking about Freudian slippers, which is a whole other topic. That's a whole other thing, yeah. But that, was, that is a product, an invention, um, flagship product, I would say, of our sponsors, uh, the Unemployed Philosophers Guild, who we'll get to in a bit. But we asked, what if there was no friction? And, and, then, I, and then I spun a, wee, a web. We, we, we went from, you know, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if. Not down at the deep uh, physical, scientific level. More at the level of logic, such as it was in that classroom <laughs> All right. that day. And here's where we left the... Here's... And, and to, our view, uh, to our viewers... To our listeners, and whatever you're looking at makes you a viewer. Because <laughs> I'm used to doing video. So, the world... <laughs> oh yes, it's all coming back to me now. Uh-oh. <laughs> you know that ad for the Maxell tapes with the guy sitting in the big chair? Oh, many years ago, yeah. And he's being blown away. Right. By the power of cassette tape. <laughs> <laughs> the incredible fidelity. It was an amazing piece of technology. For quarter-inch uh, cassette audio tape. So that gave me the image of a guy in a frictionless room just flying around ricocheting. And uh, we, we left him there 
And I imagined that he'd be bouncing off the walls in the way the little pixel ball in Pong would bounce off the walls. Ah, interesting. Okay. And as long as he didn't hit a window or a door, he, he might just continue that way for forever or a very long time. Then we, we asked, well, what about people in cars? And in the cars, the idea was that, well, if, if, and the idea was if you turned off friction with a switch, mm-hmm. because we, you should see, dear listener, you should see the bank of switches we have. That's amazing. Here in the basement of the WTIF virtual studios. We can turn off all kinds of crazy things. And so we turned off the friction. We, we said, what if, if it isn't that the world evolved without friction, which would be a whole nother fascinating That would be a whole other thing, yeah. Question. What if it was turned off? And so mm-hmm. I imagine pileups on the highway, mostly at, at, the, least, at yeah. the curves, and people who were driving uphill would suddenly be going downhill. Everybody mm-hmm. would go downhill, and that would be quite a, quite a yeah, scene. Yeah, and actually even the... The folks just trying to drive straight would have a bad time of it. That's right. That's right. And, and then I imagined I went to Evil Knievel. And, <laughs> and my first question for you was, is there an Evil Knievel of today? Oh, you know, actually, I was thinking about this the other day, too. It, it seems that daredevils are not, are not what they once was. Right? They play or, Minecraft or, or something. It's like... Yeah, it's right. <laughs> the kids who otherwise would be out in their backyard jumping off of trees. Right. Or uh, jumping off of virtual trees. Right. Well, maybe it's for the best. Maybe that's why the life expectancy is going up. Fewer, oh, it could be. Fewer, fewer <laughs> dare, evil dare. can evil related injuries. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But I said, if he, if he tried to ride his motorcycle up a ramp over a bunch of cars, it, it just wasn't going to happen. Right. And I had one question in particular, and this can begin our discussion. So Very that's well. where we left the world. Evil can evil just sliding around. As if he was on an ice rink. And all the other chaos swirling around the universe, because we are going to, you know, these switches are very crude. Okay. Yeah, well, these these switches are very crude. They were built at a time of fuses and and before (laughs) subtlety. So, you know, they're just one big... And... Again, we'll have better sound effects in the future when we have a budget. You'll really hear that switch thrown. Airplanes. Yeah. I, I was like, do airplanes fly? I, I, I mean, I kind of understand how they fly. Mm-hmm. But the air, the lower, you know, lowering the air, lower air pressure above the wing than below. Right. But is friction part of that? I would say probably not. This is this edges into a hazy side of science that we don't usually like to admit. Ooh, which is that our sometimes our ordinary categories of life don't blend very well into scientific categories. Interesting. Our ordinary sense. categories of life. So like friction, right? So mm-hmm. when you say friction, you're thinking of pushing your hand over the table and it feels like it's hard to go, right? right. Or, or the basketball sneakers squeaking on the basketball court. Right, yeah. So that's an effect that you only see at macroscopic levels, that is the level of our life 
Mm. Like it doesn't make any sense to talk about friction between electrons. Oh. Okay. So as you as you zoom down scale wise, you get uh, certain effects appear and certain effects disappear. So friction is one of these things called an emergent property that only appears when you have large, complicated structures interacting with each other. Mm. Large meaning? Uh, human size. Human size, yes. Yeah, or yeah. You know, slug-sized or something like that. Okay. Not, not molecular-sized. Right. right, right. And as you zoom down, what we think of as friction is, is just non-smoothness of surfaces smacking into each other. So kind of just what you would imagine, like the, the teeth on a saw, right? right. Kind of smacking into the, the next thing. Um, and then as you get uh, lower and lower, then you've got individual molecules pushing on each other. We can all cite our exclusion principle episode for, for that. Right. Right. See the exclusion principle episode. Uh, right. <laughs> but putting so, things, putting, trying to put things all in the same place. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. What I'm trying to say is if you were the size of an individual molecule, you would not perceive any friction around you. You would see other molecules that might bang into you occasionally. Right. Um, and that's the scale at which air pressure works, this sort of individual molecules banging into each other. Because of that, it's not, it's kind of hard to say whether friction is part of aircraft lift. So it's called Bernoulli's principle, right? right? It's what, what makes it the wing work. Okay. So you could probably start a decent argument among fluid dynamicists about exactly this question. Ooh, I'd love to see that. Does, does, this, does that count as friction or is it something else? Now, if you're and a this, molecule and something bangs into you, that's not friction. That's just... Uh, exactly. That's just electrostatic forces would be the technical term. Uh, um, just electrical forces uh, right. pushing each other apart. But there's no equivalent to, to friction on the microscopic level. Right. If you were the size of a molecule and someone said to you, do you experience any friction? You would say, what? What are you talking about? Right. I do not understand what you mean. Yeah, and they would say, well, you know, like, you're trying to move, and you're rubbing against something, and it won't. And you say, well, what is this rubbing? You mean when I exchange electrons with somebody? Uh, <laughs> what, and then you get hot because you're... Well, and I should say heat is one of these things, too, right? Right. What we think of as temperature is a very general description of how fast the molecules are moving in something. So some of the molecules are moving fast, some are moving slow. So if you're, again, if you're molecule-sized, the concept of heat isn't one you really have. You just notice that some of your buddies move fast and some of your buddies move slow. Cool. So I never thought of friction as being some sort of high-level <laughs> right, high concept, but that's pretty cool. So our what-the-if is... What the if we threw the switch, we could turn off friction in the mm-hmm. entire universe, oh boy. which is going to cause havoc. Now, last week, we progressed very slowly from a man listening to a quarter-inch tape in his man cave with his exceptional 
high fidelity, hi-fi, as we used to say, hi-fi sound. The finest of 1983. That's right. That's right. None of that TDK crap. (laughs) And definitely not Memorex. And only Searcheron when you were really cheap. These are cassette tapes. Yes, I have so many Searcheron tapes from the grocery store, three packs. Uh, So... But now we're saying, well, what, what in the world is going on? What is that friction that we just turned off? And so, yeah, what is, so, so, what, what is, so we've, we've now sort of seen that mo- molecules have no idea what friction is because mm-hmm. they're kind of dumb. They're, right, yeah, so, so to them, life is not much different. Right. right. Life in the molecular world goes about its business. Right. Not even a page six article about it. <laughs> it's totally, totally not worth talking about. Not worth talking about. And then as our scale, as you said, you're going to have trouble driving your car or walking down the street, right? Right. And if you've ever tried to walk on ice, you have some sense of what this, uh, uh, what this is like, right? Right. Now, on bigger scales, so friction, we need friction for things like well, bizarrely, earthquakes. How about this? Oh. Right? So right. you've got these continental plates, Whoa. and they're shifting past each other. Right. And it's the friction of one plate against the other that in some places makes volcanoes, but also kind of builds up tension. It's, right. It's that frictive response, and then it's released suddenly. So you might say, well, that's great. I can finally move to Southern California like I've always wanted to. After the earthquakes stop quaking. After the earthquakes stop, yeah. Because what, what else would keep you from living in Southern California? <laughs> That's right. So we throw the friction switch. Mm-hmm. Turn the friction off. We go from one to zero yeah. on this giant switch. And suddenly the uh, plates, all where, whatever tensions were being held up all around the world, yeah. it all goes. All right, yeah, so maybe we'd have one massive earthquake one, yeah. uh, to release all that energy. But then the continental plates will slide past each other, no problem. So that might be inconvenient. Oh, wow. Yeah, so also refer you back to our continental drift episode. Yeah. I don't know what the title is. I really Those. should get better at the titles. <laughs> 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 or the numbers or something. But um, yeah, so... Now the continental plates are, I wonder how fast they would go. Well, that would be an interesting question. And um, I'd say that would be a good master's degree thesis in geophysics. Yes. What would, what would continental drift look like? Um, but you could imagine that they would move fairly rapidly, uh, which would be unfortunate for anybody living near a subduction zone where the plate goes under its neighbor plate. <laughs> yeah so in the same way you slide around on the ice the north american plate would suddenly be sliding around right Um, now of course even worse everything on the north american plate from little cockroaches to uh big cockroaches (laughs) (laughs) I, i have a very limited imagination at this time in the morning um is is sliding around like crazy it, it's like okay it's a little bit like when you that amazing trick that magicians do i don't know how they do it and also waiters uh where they pull the tablecloth out 
yeah. Right, like there's a a table fully set with Mm -hmm. plates and dish uh, glasses and bowls, silverware, and they can grab one side of it and with a quick flick of the wrist, the whole tablecloth. Mm -hmm. Right. They they pull it out and all that other stuff stays there. Mm-hmm. That trick then becomes trivial. You can do that anytime you want. Oh right! Wow. So we but but so here's the thing. There there's a big there's a big uh, there's a white elephant in the room who's also okay. sliding like crazy. Sliding. Not uh, he's not used to it yet. And that is momentum. Ah uh, well, yes. I believe right. So, yeah, that's right. So, well, inertia would probably inertia. be the technical term, right? Right. Inertia is is one of these hazy concepts that you know about, but is kind of hard to articulate. Inertia is the property that objects have of not wanting to change the way they move. So, there's two there's two ways you encounter this. Right. Generally, there's um, things want to stay not moving. So your your book just sits there on the counter until you push it. Right. And then the second is objects and, that and are... And you push it by... It, you have to go on a book tour. Yes. <laughs> in that sense of push, yes. yes. Right. And then the second is things that are in motion tend to stay in motion. Yes. Now, that one's, that one's weirder for us. Like, it would be very hard for you to cite something in your everyday life that just stays in motion forever. Right? Can you think of one? Stays in motion forever? No. Yeah, right. Everything, in our experience, everything slows down. Right, right. And that's because friction wins. So friction and inertia are, are deadly enemies in this sense. Right. Well, I guess I, I, can, I can imagine the satellites that we send out into outer space, out of Earth orbit. Right. Like yeah. the Voyager mm-hmm. is out there and it's run out of gas. Run out of fuel. Along, right? It'll keep coasting. Right. Yeah. So this is, this is essentially what got everybody excited about Isaac Newton's work back in the day mm. is that Newton tries to convince people that our general sense that everything around us stops is wrong that we're we're the special case we're in this weird place where there's lots of friction but most of the universe by volume doesn't have much stuff in it so there's very little friction wow that was a huge Insight, I imagine. That's that's an enormous thing because you have to, in order to to accept that, you have to leap beyond your ordinary experience, your everyday life, to say there's there's a there's a more real property of the universe than we can normally see. Right. And that's the that's the kind of world that you can treat with mathematics and calculate things. Uh, And what what, this is this is a little side tangent, but a tangent. What gave him the idea that there was no f- friction in outer space? What, what even gave him the idea of outer space being empty in the sense that it's not air? There's no well, air. Well, essentially, his, his reasoning went, uh, if the, he's thinking about the planets moving around the sun. Mm-hmm. If there was a medium stuff that the planets were moving through, there would be some resistance. Right. Friction, essentially. Right. And that of uh, that friction would lead to a loss of energy from the planets, so they would slow down, right. and then they would spiral into the sun, right. and we would all die horribly. And he says that doesn't happen, right? Oh, interesting. I mean, he he had, had, but he had no time. He had no sense of how long the uh, 
how old the solar system was or anything. Well, but- that's true. But he knew it was at least a few thousand years old because right. he had astronomical observations from the Babylonians. Cool. So he said, so for at least a few thousand years, the planets have not been spiraling into the sun. Right. Right. So that's guy. So he says that's got to be good evidence that it's mostly a vacuum, if not completely. Amazing. And this is actually one of the you know Newton's predecessor, Rene Descartes, had a great cosmological system in which uh, there was no space. That so was called a plenum. Every, everything was full. Everything so, is full. Okay. Uh, so Descartes said the reason the planets move around in these circles is there's sort of this whirlpool or what he called a vortex of yes. particles, invisible particles moving the planets around. Uh-huh. And this, you know, this does some, some explanatory work for you. But Newton devotes a good chunk of his, his big book, The Principia Mathematica, to pointing out that vortexes like that, whirlpools, never keep going. They always slow down and die after a while. Right. And partially, and he did experiments for this. So like he, uh, he had this thing where he'd take a bucket of water and suspend it from the ceiling uh, with a rope and then spin it up. So he gets a nice whirlpool in the middle uh, and then let it go. And he'd watch and see how long it takes to settle down. That's awesome. And then kind of extrapolate that to the solar system as a whole. And he could do that in this wonderful age before you had the ability to isolate. Like today, if we were to do that experiment, we would rig it up. And I'm sure people have done this, right? Incredible uh, devices to to, to dampen out all other forces except the one you... Mm-hmm. you wanted yeah. um has anyone has anyone built a frick something that attempts that allows them to study a frictionless environment without being in space yeah like ball bearings are the, supposed to yeah the names of the materials i mean nowadays you can make these super slick uh materials that have very very low coefficients of friction right uh, we would say cool um and those are nifty, right? But generally, you can, once you pump, once you get rid of air, then you can get a pretty good approximation of uh, a, a properly inertial system. Right. Right. So, inertia, this totally. Oh, by the way, uh, 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 I refer, uh, this is amazing how many episodes we've done, how many crazy concepts we've explored, because <laughs> I also now refer you listeners to uh, an episode where we did imagine that the universe was not empty space but full of liquid right check it out swimmable stuff the picture i do remember the artwork and there's a whale (laughs) yeah Yeah, we had our space whales and that's that's one of my favorite episodes by the way that's i really want to continue that story so here's the thing we turned off the friction switch so well i should say one thing that's going to happen is that physics teachers are going to be so happy Oh, <laughs> because for the because this is, you know, your first month of high school physics, you're doing basic dynamics and things. And the answers you get are never true. Like they're never actual descriptions of the universe because they're these mathematical idealizations. So physics teachers find it very tedious to have to constantly say friction. As people say, well, this doesn't make any sense. And he says, well, that's because of friction. Well, this doesn't make any sense either. Well, that's also because of friction. Finally, uh, 
centuries of suffering physics teachers can say, look, your calculation is perfect. That's hilarious. And we, the switch gets thrown and we do it live on Facebook and all across the world, physics teachers jump for joy and then come down and slide. Uh, yes, that's right. The whole classroom they're, starts. They're very happy until they try to walk across the room right. <laughs> or drive home. Right. And so what exactly have I turned off? Well, that's an interesting question because, uh, like I said, friction as an emergent property, the universe, you know, like the universe, you could imagine the universe having an electricity switch. That is, uh-huh. you just get rid of the law of nature that allows for electricity. There is no natural law that creates friction. You know, friction is a, a side effect of imperfectly smooth objects ah so we've we 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 actually this is this switch is bigger than it seems because there there, it actually flips i don't know how many smaller switches that we have to turn off several things to achieve frictionless yeah and i think it might actually be easier to add something else in uh Mm -hmm. which is to make everything perfectly smooth so that would be filling in all of the irregularities in the surface of objects. Right. But that, that actually wouldn't solve the, that, that would create the same situation, but it wouldn't, uh, well, it, yeah. Yeah. Friction would still exist as a concept, right. but you wouldn't encounter it in your day-to-day life. Right. So it's the rough, it's, it's the roughness of things. And it's, a ver- so it sounds like friction is a very simple concept. It's mm-hmm. just molecules banging against other molecules. Or yeah, just yeah, not being able to slide past each other because there's but, pre- pre- right there's pressure on both sides. Yeah, because they're actually whacking into each other. Right. Okay. So this is so in order to turn. I mean, to turn it off would mean to probably take us down into that world where we were in a couple episodes ago, where we've turned off, we've allowed atoms to merge with each right, other to, yeah sit on top of each other so they could go through each other so in a way mm-hmm. we could say that we can say at the very least it's it's the force uh what is the force that keeps two atoms from the Pauli exclusion principle the Pauli exclusion principle is why you have friction well in so that's right in a deep sense yeah kind of a profound sense you cannot have these two things going together um so, it's, in fact, if you turn off friction, you have a bigger problem. Well, Th- that's right. You've almost certainly destroyed the entire universe. Well, <laughs> this <laughs> is a big switch. This, that's, oh, you just explained to me why there was that big red sign uh, hanging from the switch that said, do not pull. Do not turn off friction. Yeah. yeah. So, one way to think about it is friction as an emergent property depends on lots of other things happening in the universe in a particular way, like atoms not being able to exist in the same place. So in order to get rid of a complicated phenomenon like that, you have to get rid of lots of small things that underlie lots of other things, too. So very hard to to isolate, even in a science fictional sense, very hard to isolate friction from other things. That's pretty wild, that this simple, ordinary thing we Everyone's familiar. If I say friction, everybody understands that. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. 
like they like this, for, like they think they understand gravity, but it's a similar thing, maybe that right. actually. And this happens, you know, in all of the the sciences. The more complicated a thing you look at, the more number of processes have to be involved. So, you know, supply and demand is a very simple concept, right? But the economy is fantastically complicated. Right. So somehow. Lots of small principles, like I'd rather buy a cheap thing than an expensive thing, all come together to create this very complicated thing that we call an economy. And this is why this particular person is suddenly unemployed. Mm. You say, why can't I make this person employed again? Well, it's, it's because there are many, many things all interacting to create that one little phenomena we call unemployment. Right. Now, I get, I'm getting the sense that the... Pauli exclusion principle is just, is that the one thing? I mean, that, that's not a, it's one thing, it seems like. It is one thing. Yeah, that's right. And, if and we, that's the only thing that causes. If we got rid of that. Well, so you need the Pauli exclusion principle. You need atoms to be able to form. You need atoms to be able to form into complicated structures. Oh, okay, uh, right. So like, if we like turn. wood. That's right. Them. Again, this takes us back. I, I really do encourage you to. Listen to our episode supplied by uh, the idea suggested by our fan uh, and super ifer, Eric, uh, <laughs> Eric Vittner, who uh, asked, he was trying to clean up his apartment and he said, why can't I? I'm, I'm limited by the inability to put things, two things in the same place. And so that same thing leads to friction. Friction is the one of the first things you experience when you it's try to the, yep, that's right. put those you, things you could, together. Mm-hmm. Friction is kind of the uh, one of the one of the visible consequences of the Pauli exclusion principle. Right. So turning off when I hit the friction switch, everything turns to goo. That would be one way to do it, and you know, it may be it may be that there are a few different processes we could think of to get rid of friction. You know, one of the one of the the upsides of a very complicated phenomena is that there might be lots of different ways to tackle it too. Mm. Have to think about that. Yeah, but no molecular structures would certainly do the job. Yeah, everything starts to pass. So, so yes, there's earthquakes for an instant, but then everything just turns into a puddle. <laughs> um, <laughs> yep, that's. Uh, that's probably about right. The universe gets derezzed. Uh, yeah, it's um, and if we got rid of friction, we'd probably get rid of turbulence too, which is the the tendency of liquids to kind of liquids and gases to kind of clump up, and that's pretty important because that's how stars and planets form. So we'd, ah, you'd not uh-huh. only destroy everything that currently exists but prevent the formation of any interesting places in the future of the universe. Ah, because even if, right, so the planet's formed by uh, particles of dust all flying around, but it, it needed some kind of turbulence to kick off some of those things colliding into each other to become yeah, bigger things. Yeah, kind of the, the initial seed. So, so be careful what you wish for, as, as often turns out to be the case in our scenarios. Mm-hmm. You think what uh, last episode I began by saying Mark Zuckerberg is always talking about wanting a 
frictionless experience. <laughs> See? He's wrong. Well, yeah, he's, he is more dangerous than we thought. Mark Zuckerberg, who had to go speak to the, I don't know, the House, the Senate, somebody. Yeah, he was Congress. called to task, called to the, to, um, the green tablecloth, I think they called it. Or, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, had to answer questions from the, from the um, Congress people for allowing our data to, this is another topic, but allowing our data to slip out of our wallets into his wallet, into other wallets. So that's all fine. I mean, that's not, whatever, that is what it is. But yeah. really, he is far more dastardly. He, <clears throat> yeah, that's right. If he says, if, if you meet someone who says, I'm trying to get rid of friction, run away from that person. Yeah, he is a goo assist. <laughs> Use the technical term. Exactly. Yeah. He is trying to turn the universe into goo. Somehow he believes he probably has like a escape pod that From the has universe? yeah he's got like a, a friction force field thing in there and he's going to as soon as the goo appears he's going to go around and slurp it all up. Yeah, that is a truly disgusting image. Yeah. <laughs> so without friction, Mark Zuckerberg can slurp us all up. <laughs> that is the inevitable conclusion. Yes. Yes. Uh, what the if Facebook became the destroyer of the universe? But you know what? It would be broadcast. It'd be on Facebook Live. It would be on Facebook Live. Yeah. <laughs> totally worth it. <laughs> totally for free. Yeah. We are um, sponsored by another corporate entity that is far more benevolent. Yes, that's right. Uh, the Unemployed Philosophers Guild. So before before we jump on to the last remnants of the goo that is swirling around our universe uh, before you try to get into your uh, raft and, and do your best to keep, fric uh, keep frictionized. I don't know. It's, it's crazy. Uh, yeah. If we take one of your ideas, and your idea can be simpler than the thing we just did, or more complicated, or crazier, or more basic, or it could be just, it doesn't have to be, what if we did this or that? It could be a simple scientific question. Yeah. Would certainly prompt a what-the-if scenario. Mm -hmm. And so, if, if, if today's episode or others uh, got you thinking and saying, for instance, like I did, I was like, what is friction? I have no idea. That kind of thing. Uh, send those questions in. Feedback at whattheif.com. You can shoot us an email. Uh, and then you will get a puppet. Yay, puppets. Now, puppets depend on friction, too. They're people. <laughs> and like all creatures, they, they depend on friction. Without friction, you wouldn't be able to put your finger in a finger puppet. Uh, that's right. The puppet would not stay on. Yeah. Right. I, you could do it. You could put your finger in the puppet, but then it's, it's also, as soon as you moved your hand, that finger puppet's going to go flying. Uh, I'm going to read something that they gave me. They give me these oh. things I call thingers. It's a term that I think if I use it enough, will sweep through the advertising business. <laughs> and instead of ad reads or commercials, people call them thingers. Here's one. What the If Podcast 
is supported by the Unemployed Philosophers Guild, makers of Alice in Wonderland gifts. Hmm. Wow, that's cool. Alice in Wonderland. Alice in Wonderland is a true one of the greatest. What the if? Uh, scenarios. <laughs> I hadn't thought of it that way, but yes, truly incredible. I rec- another. Not, it's not an episode of ours, but I recommend you check it out. What the If podcast is supported by the Unemployed Philosophers Guild, makers of Alice in Wonderland gifts, including the disappearing Cheshire Cat mug. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. You can find them at philosophersguild.com, the Unemployed Philosophers Guild, curious gifts for your curious friends. Very nice. Yes. And your curious cats. <laughs> and your smiling cats. And disappearing cats. And disappearing cats, leaving only their smile behind. Man, I loved Alice in Wonderland. It's really, you know, there's an annotated, right? There's like a, maybe there's multiple ones, but there's a, I think there's a classic annotated version of Alice in Wonderland mm-hmm. that with all these footnotes describing all the mathematical principles and puzzles and literary oh, cool. puns. Fun. And, yeah, very cool. So, what we've learned today is that friction. Generally, you know, here's the interesting thing. We generally have a very poor attitude towards friction. If I say uh, friction, right. yeah. p- friction, we feel like it's getting in our way. Gets in our way. The word friction, the concept of friction, pulls very poorly. <laughs> <laughs> very low approval, right? Extremely low approval ratings. Yeah, that's right. For the friction party. But in fact, can we, we, I don't know if I want to, we could call it a necessary evil, perhaps. Yeah, I think that would be a reasonable um, statement. It's, it's necessary, but it's, it is evil. So evil, eh, you can't call it evil. Evil can evil. It makes, yeah, right. Evil can evil is the, evil can evil loves friction more than anybody. Yep. Evil Knievel needs friction so that he can be evil. Whoa. So friction is the source of evil in the sense that only if you... Did, I think he spelled his name E-V-E-L. Oh, no, that no, it was Knievel. familiar. Knievel was... That's, it, it was... Yeah. Knievel versus Kenobi. I just, just thought that that would be a heck of a movie. Yeah, so in, in the classic Twilight Zone tradition... Friction is uh, the thing that you think you want to get rid of, but you actually don't. Right. Right. Today's episode ends, as so many of our What the If episode ends, the episodes end, with Charlton Heston on the beach. <laughs> looking, screaming. Screaming. Looking at the Statue of Liberty, in this case, turned to goo and washing out to sea, mm, even right. though the, everything is turning to goo, and his last statement... Before he gooifies, he says, "Damn it! What, what does he say? What does he say? You, you <laughs> yeah, did it! You did it! <laughs> something they like that. did it! Oh, damn you! Or something like damn you! And then he goes on to appear in Soylent Green and say the same thing. And then he's in uh, Ten Commandments yeah. and, and he, he says the same cast. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. He." I think if you actually look at Moses, the, the quotes that Moses has when he comes down uh, with the Ten Commandments and, and he sees that they've built a golden calf, 
the thing he shouts there is the same thing he shouts at the end of every other movie, even though it's in the <laughs> middle of that one. But yeah, yeah. damn you! We almost got an explicit tag in today's episode. So close. But uh, anytime you invoke Charleston Heston. Charleston <laughs> Charleston Heston. Exactly. Love your friction. Go out and, you know, do this. I, I, I'll be honest. I actually did this after the last episode where I began this imagining a world without friction. As I walked around, I was like, wow, thank goodness we have friction. <laughs> this is really working, working well for us. We can build on this. All right, yeah, go um, go hug some friction. <laughs> oh, hug some friction. And when you're hugging, go hug hug somebody or something. And as you're doing it, feel that friction. You see, that is going to make friction's whole numbers skyrocket. That's right. Once we associate friction with hugs. Yeah. And that's our goal here, ultimately, is to get people to appreciate natural world mm-hmm. and hugs and hugs that they're not aware of they could have more of both so free hugs for everybody from what the if it's not even valentine's day that's just a free that's a free yep. Yep. anytime free love for all um tune in next week when well, i'm looking at this bank of switches and i'm thinking which one do oh, dear. throw could be anything now some of them are off there's a whole bunch, there's a whole nother wall of switches that are off. That's true. That could be turned on. What's it gonna be? Send in your ideas, really. Uh, feedback at whattheif.com. Go to our website, whattheif.com, where you can see all all these episodes that we keep referring to, and many, many, many more are all there. With big, beautiful, funny pictures and uh, explanations and, and things like that. Uh, Really tell us what you... I mean, I'm really... Uh, some people on Twitter have been great. They, they've been uh, sending us uh, comments and thoughts of what they've had after listening to the shows, and that's really great. So do that. On Twitter, What The If Show. We are also on Facebook. We have a page, uh, What The If. Facebook.com slash What The If, maybe? Something like that. Go there. Whatever's there, go there. And um, also check out Philosopher's Guild. They're pretty awesome. Because they, they will make you laugh and um, make wonderful gifts for other people who you could hug them oh Mm -hmm. you give them you give them a gift from philosophersguild.com and they will hug you back and you will all feel friction wonderful friction next week we bust open the question box again (laughs) and we open it up Lift the lid. You will suddenly hear what the if. Bye now. <laughs>